My name's Ben Weibel, WI Farms in Sherman, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the livestock industry is still heavily dependent on the old method of sending checks in the mail. But the Livestock Marketing Association wants to encourage more electronic payments. However, to make that happen, it might take an act of Congress to change the law. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. What can cotton farmers look to for optimism about next season? I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about that from a Texas High Plains perspective. What cattle ranchers can do to aid in recovery of pastures due to the Texas drought. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report on actions producers should take on Texas Ag Today. The Thanksgiving holiday week produced some real blessings for Coastal Bend agriculture. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The livestock industry is heavily dependent on the old method of putting checks in the mail. But Chelsea Good with the Livestock Marketing Association says it's time to modernize that with more electronic payments. The mail system has gotten slower. It's part of the U.S. Postal Service strategic plan to slow down even further. We want to encourage more people to start paying electronically for livestock. The Packers and Stockyards Act has prompt payment requirements that apply to markets, dealers, and packers. They require payment be initiated by the close of the next business day, but it doesn't matter if it's a check in the mail or an ACH or a wire transfer. Our auctions would actually prefer even two or three days later after their sale, if a wire transfer is initiated, they'd still get that money a lot quicker than they would that check in the mail. And so we're looking at tweaking the prompt payment to make sure that that's also an option available to people. But to make that happen, the law will need to be changed. Section 409 of the Packers and Stockyards Act is really oddly specific on this topic. And so uh, Congress will have to go in and make some adjustments to the law to make it fall within prompt payment to allow somebody to send a wire transfer a couple days after a transaction. Good says that will be a priority for the Livestock Marketing Association when the new session of Congress gets underway next year. There are still areas of Texas suffering from severe drought, but much of the state has been fortunate to receive good fall rains. And that should help sheep and goat producers get through the winter, according to Benny Cox with Producers Livestock in San Angelo. You know, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of the, again, the, the larger sheep and goat uh, area or producing areas 
have gotten enough rain. You know, a lot of times our best performance is through the winter and 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 spring months before it gets too hot with the with with these uh, uh these winter winter weeds. You know, they they uh, lots of lots of fillery and and tallow weed out there in some of those areas where we've had a good deal of rain and. And uh, it looks awful good for for prospects of spring and on into summer. Now we're going to have to continue to get you know it, you know normal rainfall uh, if it's going to follow all the way into the, the the summer months. Of course, Cox says he's expecting to see a strong sheep and goat market to finish out this year. We have another big national farm meeting coming up this week here in Texas. The USA Rice Outlook Conference will be held Wednesday through Friday, December seventh through the 9th in Austin. It's the largest rice conference in the United States and focuses on bringing the entire rice industry together to examine current issues and trends, learn from experts, and celebrate excellence in the rice industry. This growing season was enough to take the fight out of any cotton farmer, but James Hunt says there is a reason to be optimistic about next year. Coming off a season where roughly 75% of the cotton planted in our region failed, I asked Cody Besant of Plains Cotton Growers what he could tell Texas High Plains farmers to encourage them about next season. One thing that's optimistic is we've had some recent rainfall going through the Thanksgiving Day holiday. We've seen a little bit of moisture come in, so that's a little bit helpful. It gets the wheat crop that's been established up and going from a cover crop standpoint. And so trying to mitigate the soil erosion and try to prep that land for next year going forward. From a pricing standpoint, we'll see seed pricing come out here in the next month or so. I don't believe that that portion of input will elevate or change much. And so at least there's some stability on knowing that and moving forward going into new cropping season. And we do have other rising input costs that people will have to take into consideration. And then once we get into February, we'll see the discovery price for cropping turns being set for this area. And so hopefully as we get into a new year, historically prices have typically elevated on that notion. And so hopefully we'll see some elevation in price that'll set a a decent crop protection revenue insurance-based product that people can utilize from a benchmark and be able to obtain refinancing and then use that moving forward from a risk management standpoint. Anything on the horizon to encourage that we might see cotton prices get back to where they were earlier in the year before we had this enormous collapse? I think there are some opportunities. Certainly we'll see a couple more crop acres reports that will come out that will be indicative of how many failed acres we've seen across the state and across the U.S. That will give more of a clearer picture of really the severity that we've seen because of drought this year. And that should have some indications on market impact. Cody Besant told me that cotton markets could also get a boost if China goes far enough in relaxing its COVID lockdowns and restrictions. I caught up with Cody at the Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Drought-damaged pastures may take a while to recover. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today is Jeff Clark. He is with Corteva AgriScience. He's market development specialist in Jeff. The drought in Texas, very, very severe in 2022, and cattle ranchers across the state have had a difficult time. Hopefully, once uh, it starts to rain on a regular basis, the, their recovery will be a, a smooth process. But uh, what are some of the issues uh, and tips that you can provide them at this point? Absolutely, Tom. Uh, you know, I get to uh, have the privilege of traveling through Texas and uh, working with the reps over there directly. And, and you're right. I saw a lot of uh, Texas going under a severe drought, a lot of emotional concerns, dropping off a lot of cattle, dispersing out. And the question was laid at, you know, at the feet of the ranchers, you know, what do we do now? You know, we, we've even sprayed, but it seems like not, you know, the, the, the weeds that we're spraying aren't, aren't even dying because of the drought. So what are the next steps that we would need to take? 
And uh, the next steps I would suggest taking is this. Don't don't let emotions drive your business. Ranchers are smart men and women out there. They make wise decisions. And I would say, hey, the first step is this. Let's work on our soil fertility. When we're coming out of a drought, a lot of our soil fertility has been you know, depleted. Nutrients have been depleted, whether that be through weeds that are there or through roots you know, shrinking up because of depletion of nutrients. We need to make sure that we are developing those roots in our grasses because if not, then our grasses will fade away. They will die out. And then you're at the point of having to reseed a pasture, and that's where it can get really expensive. So focus on nutrition, getting in that proper P and K before you start to worry about the nitrogen content. That is Jeff Clark with Corteva AgriScience. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Recent rains have been a big blessing for farmers in the Texas coastal bend. Harvey Buring has an update from the Corpus Christi area. Thanksgiving week produced a number of major blessings for Farmers and ranchers here in the Coastal Bend area, those blessings were rain, and uh, the lower Coastal Bend counties had about eight consecutive days of cool, cloudy weather with mist and drizzle, and that precipitation, although the daily amounts were generally modest, ranged between four-tenths at the largest to about a half a tenth one day, but it all accumulated in my gauge up to 1.3 inches. And reports from other locations around the area indicate that an inch to an inch and a half was pretty prevalent around our area. And there were little to no signs of runoff, but the ground is certainly saturated at this time. Now, here during 2022, the month of August and November have been the only two months of the entire year that have produced rainfall amounts above the 30-year average. The other nine months of the year were well below those 30-year average precipitation yields for the month. And at the end of July, the National Weather Service here in Corpus Christi indicated that we had a deficit of 10 and a half inches. But thanks to those generous rains that fell during August and the 7.1 inches that I received during November, we now only have a negative 4.25 for the the first 11 months of 2022. And the improvements of the soil moisture situation has greatly benefited our area and improved the outlook for farmers and ranchers. Now, ranchers going into the winter months with their livestock in very good condition and pastures showing some good growth and chance for bringing on some winter vegetation have made prospects for cattle producers look real good. And that improved soil moisture profile for our farmers going into the 2023 crop season is certainly an optimistic situation for them. Hopefully, December will continue to bring some additional moisture to our state and will make for a much better outlook for farmers and ranchers in Texas during 2023. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. Dove hunting season reopens in all zones of Texas later this month, and hunters are reporting that they're finding orange bands on some of the birds. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll remind you what that means coming up on Texas Ag Today. And a lot of horses have back pain. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. 
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Lots of horses have back pain. Dr. Bob Judd says the length of the toes on the rear feet can be one reason for it. It is difficult to determine the cause of back pain. Back pain can be due to multiple causes and can include saddle fit, impinging spinous processes of the vertebrae, or lameness causing abnormal movement of the back. Another potential cause of back pain is the relationship between long toes in the hind feet and pain in the gluteal region in horses. A study looked at 67 client-owned shod riding horses and 10 barefoot broodmares. The exam focused on palpation of the gluteal area and x-rays were taken of the back feet. The breakover distance was measured on x-rays, and this is the horizontal distance between the tip of the coffin bone and the dorsalmost point of the shoe where it touches the ground. The breakover distance was then shortened with trimming and shoeing in shod horses so that the distance was less than 15 millimeters and less than 20 millimeters in barefoot horses after trimming. The 24 riding horses were examined four to six weeks later, and the broodmares were examined one week after trimming. Initial results showed that of the 67 riding horses, 75% were positive for gluteal pain, and the breakover distance for painful horses was 24 millimeters and 18 millimeters for non-painful horses. At the next shoeing, the breakover averaged 11 millimeters, and the gluteal pain was decreased in all 24 horses. The painful broodmares had breakover distances of 24 millimeters, and the non-painful mares had a breakover of only 11 millimeters. One week after trimming, the gluteal pain decreased in all mares. For this reason, all average size horses should have a breakover distance of no more than 20 millimeters in the hind feet. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Dove season reopens in all zones of Texas later this month. In today's wildlife report, Jessica Domel says some hunters may find orange-banded birds. Dove hunting season reopens in Texas later this month, and hunters are reminded that if they bag a Eurasian collar dove with an orange band, they should report it to the number on the band. Earlier this year, the Texas Dove Hunters Association captured, tagged, and released hundreds of the invasive birds as part of their ongoing research into the species. As hunters call in the band numbers, the association is able to track how far the doves have traveled and other data. Bobby Thornton, co-founder of the Dove Hunters Association, tells us that before the hunting season split, they gathered some valuable information from hunters. We've had a lot of interesting things come in that we're really excited about. The numbers this year, for whatever reason, and I think it's simply because of the lack of movement by birds and birds scattering, but We've had a total of 40 birds turned in, 31 that were not entered in the contest, and nine that have been entered in the contest. That's great. We're excited about that. It's down from the previous years. Last year, we had 62 birds not entered. Now, this is total, and we're not at the end of the contest yet. We probably expect another 10, maybe, to come in between now and the end of December when the contest ends. Right now, we're super excited. We've gotten some great prizes, and we're going to give away some good ones. 
Dove hunters who entered the banded bird challenge before the deadline are eligible to win some great prizes, like a new truck, Alaris Ranger, college scholarship, and exotic game hunts. Hunters, regardless of whether they entered the contest or not, are encouraged to report the bands to the association for their research. We'll have more on the purpose of that research and the significance of this year on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle market to kick off the wheat Monday, but cotton closed slightly higher. We'll check out all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle traded both sides of unchanged to start the week on Monday. We ended up closing steady to slightly lower. December live cattle down 12, 153.22. February down 5, 155.82. April live cattle unchanged at 159.57. The continuous drop in the corn market is helping feeder cattle prices. January feeders up $1.32 at $183.77. March feeders up $1.10, $186.37, while April was up $90 at $189.52. Cash-fed cattle trade all quiet on a Monday, as we usually see. We wrapped up last week selling cattle as high as $155 here in Texas. That's fully steady with the previous week. Moxed beef prices lower on Monday. Choice down two sixty nine at two forty seven twenty four. Select down a dollar forty seven to twenty three oh nine. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jody Fry had a cattle sale at Producers in Cargill, San Angelo Thursday. Jody, how did it go? Went pretty good. The week after Thanksgiving had 855 head. Compared with last week's sale, those choice quality lightweight calves, another 3 to $5 higher. Very good demand on those 3 to 5 weight cattle like it has been all across the country. Heavyweight calves and those feeder yearlings, still good demand, calling those about steady. Slaughter cows, calling those firm to $3 higher. Most of the advance would be on the heavyweight and high-yielding slaughter cows and bulls, calling the lower-yielding cows, the thinner cows, just about steady. Red cows and pairs sold near steady. Better quality steers, 4,600 pounds from 150 all the way up to a high of near 230, mostly 155 to 190. Steers weighing 6 to 800 pounds from 130 all the way up to a high of 175, mostly 140 to 160. Better quality heifer calves, 4 to 600 pounds, 135 to 185, mostly 145 to 165. Slaughter cows average to high yielding from 60 to 70. Had several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 71 to 79. Still seeing some of those thinner or lower yielding cows from 33 to 55. Slaughter bulls average to high yielding, 73 to 89. Still some of the highest yielding slaughter bulls from 90 to a high of 99. Bred cows and two-year-olds average to better quality breads. A few young cows, medium to heavy bread, anywhere from 800 to a high of 1235. Sales schedule for the balance of the year, Jody? Two more cattle sales and, and then the sheep and goat will actually extend into that, that last week of Tuesday the 20th. And, you know, that market will take care of itself to, to end out the year. But I look for a bigger uh, run of sheep and goats next Tuesday, Larry. Uh, know of some coming. Uh, weather's supposed to be pretty nice. And, and same way on the cattle. We know of some kids and yearlings coming next Thursday. Look for at least a 
thousand or more at next Thursday's Giff and Yerlin special. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody Fry. You bet. Any of us at the office, 325-653-3371. My mobile phone would be 234-7895. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Where lean hogs were mixed in Monday's trade. The nearby December down 35, 8207. February hogs up 10 cents, 90.52. Class 3 milk was mixed also. Nearby December milk up 14 cents, 20.43 100 weight. January milk down a penny, 1999 100. The cotton market traded sharply higher earlier in Monday's trade. However, that backed off near the close. We did manage to close slightly higher. Traders continue to be worried about the overall economy with higher interest rates, a stronger jobs report, and a stronger U.S. manufacturing report. All of that keeping a lid on any gains in the cotton market. March cotton up 66 points, 83.86. May up 67 points at 83.23. New crop December cotton up 19 at 79.62. A drop in ethanol prices weighed on the corn market Monday. December corn down six and a quarter, six twenty-eight and three quarters. March corn down five and three quarters at six forty and a half. New crop September corn down two and a half, six oh six a bushel. Australia announced an increase in its wheat crop estimate to a record high, thirty-six point six million metric tons. That's well above USDA's estimate of thirty-four point five million. That caused the wheat market to drop sharply on Monday, both hard and soft wheat dropping double digits with December Kansas City wheat down 27 and a quarter, 854 and three quarters. December Chicago wheat down 21 and three quarters, 715 and a half. In the energy markets, January natural gas down 65 cents at 563. January West Texas crude down 247, 77.51 a barrel. The financial markets lower Monday afternoon, the Dow dropping 500 points, 33,929. The Nasdaq down 240, 11,221. The S&P down 76 at 3,995. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.